Gitim Perikhes Mishnah Tes 8-9, and this is another Machlokas between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel regarding Gitin. So the first part of this Mishnah is really predicated on the following uh, premise you have to understand, which is that when one effects Kedushin, legal marriage, the first stage of marriage, so um, it can be done one of three ways, like we've said before, and we'll see again Bez Hashem in the beginning of Kedushin, which is Kesef, Shtar, or Bia that a person can give something of value, kasef, a document explaining what's happening, a star, or be actually sleeping with the woman. And in all those three events that could affect uh, Kedushin, Eretan, the first age of marriage, provided that the, besides for him intending for it to do so and her understanding that's what it's doing, there are two witnesses, as we said before. We need to have two witnesses for Dover Sheba Erva. Just as Gitan needs two witnesses, so does Kedushin require two witnesses. Um, so, Although the rabbis said one may not be Makadash a woman through Bia by sleeping with her, it is an effective way to Makadash a woman. And our mission is starting from that point. So the mission says, Hamagarshas Ishto, first there's a man who married who divorces his wife. And then Velana Imo Bapundaki. After that, um, they go to a hotel, they're going wherever they're going, and they share a room together. And even if there are two other witnesses who know that they're sharing the room together, at least according to Beis Shammai Omrim, get sheni. They were divorced. The fact they slept in the same room together doesn't, even if um, the witnesses know that's what happened, um, even if they actually actually sleep together, uh, still it doesn't count as being a kedushin uh, because they weren't appointed to be witnesses. They didn't see what happened inside, so they're not a kedushin, and therefore they're not considered remarried, and therefore there's no need for another get. Beis Hill, however, say. Beis Hill say yes, she does need a second get from him. In other words, since there were two witnesses, and they saw him and her be miyached in that hotel room, it's as if they saw each other sleep together. And um, since we assume that for certain they slept together, um, we would now, that affects Kedushin. Now, why that should affect Kedushin? Even assume, let's even accept the fact that it's as good as certain that they slept together. Um, still, you would need to have uh, the husband intending for this to be considered to be kedushin as opposed to znus, just simple promiscuity. And the principle is that a person, um, there's a basic principle assumption, that a person wouldn't opt to um, have his, to sleep with a woman in a context of znus, if it could be, you know, Instead, if it could be um, for the in a kosher situation, um, which is predicated on the assumption that a person is lo shavik inish hetera va'achel isura, a person doesn't if he has the options of equally eating something permitted or forbidden, he won't eat the forbidden thing. And although um, in generic situations we say, listen, people do promiscuous things all the time; they don't intend to get married and accept upon themselves the full commitment of being married and all the obligations that come therefrom. In this context, since they um, were married before, it's clear that they're resuming the old relationship, says Beis Hillel. And that's why the Mishnah says, A Masai. When is it true that Beis Hillel say she needs a second get from him? And those, if there are two witnesses that saw them be secluded, that's enough to know they slept together and assume that they're married, again, through Kedushin, because it's Bizman Shinis Garsha Minha Nisuin. It's when they had a pre-existing marriage, and it was a Nisuin marriage, meaning it was a functional marriage, they lived together. Umodim, however, Beis Hillel agree if they had never actually been um, functionally married, they just were legally married through Ayrson, so he gave her a ring previously, they called off the wedding, and now they shared a room together, so now 
then she ain't tzricha himenu get sheni mipnei she ain't libel gaspa. Says Beis Hillel, since they haven't got an existing relationship really, we wouldn't assume they slept together. And there's not enough of a certainty here that they did sleep together that he would send, intend for this now to be affecting their uh, their reestablishing the relationship that it would affect in Kedushan. So the halacha is like Beis Hillel, let's call it, um, of course, here. Um, but the Yushalm explains, like we had a couple Mishnahs ago, that really the Machlokas is based on the point that. Besham Basil disagree regarding when people get divorced in the first place. So Bes Shamai holds that a person doesn't divorce his wife uh, unless um, he's matzah by Evers Dover, he finds something that's sort of effectively disgusting, like she had an affair or something. And that being the case, we assume that he's disgusted by her probably and therefore he wouldn't sleep with her again. Whereas Basil say you can divorce your wife for lesser things, like even just um, that he that she, you know, Tavshilo, she you know burns his food, so meaning she just she just does a pain in the neck. She does she does bad things to him, but uh, not that bad. So that wouldn't her just being like a difficult lady um, wouldn't make her disgusting to him. And therefore, Basil will say, since marriage is the end like that, it's very likely that they would come back together again. That's why Basil says we can assume they were together and he intended it to reestablish the relationship. And therefore, she needs a second get. Okay. That's the first part of the Mishnah. The second part of the Mishnah really reverts back to what we were talking about, um, starting from Mishnah Hay of this parak, which was the rabbis set up all sorts of rules regarding how they want the Gittin to be, and they meant it. And if you go against what the rabbis prescribed in terms of how Gittin are meant to be done, so then the rabbis invalidate your get, even if it be valid midoraisa, and the consequences are that the marriages are both undone, the old marriage, the new marriage, they can't stay together, the children are mamzerim, all the financial obligations to go with ways are undone, and so on. Okay, so... This case here in our Mishnah is talking about something really unusual. Um, it's called the Get Kereach, literally a bald get. But the story, the backstory is this. Normal Gitten, called the Get Pashut, is simply where there's a get written on a piece of, you know, whatever it is, paper or parchment or something, and then um, the two witnesses sign. They made an enactment, the rabbis did, that there's another kind of get called, uh, it's, a, it's a get that's designed for, it's called the Get Makushar, like a segmented get. And the idea is that it has, it's like folded over a few times, and each time it's folded over, it's being written, um, it's sewn together, like there's a tefira, like a, a stitching together of the cloth, or the parchment, whatever it is, and on the back at each segment, there's a signature. So you have at least three signatures, but if it had four or five or six segments, if it's folded into lots of segments, each segment needs its own signature. So if it's folded five times, it needs five signatures, okay? Now, the rabbis instituted this weird get mukushar thing because um, kohanim, seem to be um, prone to be impetuous. And the problem is that a Kohen who divorces his wife, renders his wife a divorcee, a grusha, he can never remarry her. And therefore the rabbis wanted people who are Kohanim to sort of think twice before they divorce their wives. And that being the case, they made the, the writing of the get more laborious, time-consuming, more difficult, and therefore, you know, the Kohen will cool down during the process before the wife actually receives her get. So, the rule is that if someone's employing a get mukushar, so then um, all the segments, each segment needs to have a signature on the back. Now, our mission is not talking about a case of a Kohen, per se. We're talking about a regular person um, who tells uh, a number of people, let's say he's sitting in front of four people, and he says, I want all of you guys to sign my get, as we saw in the previous mission. Okay? And the sofer makes a get mukushar, and he makes it in five segments. So now... Um, 
there's five signatures on the back, but there are, excuse me, there are four signatures on the back, and the get would be kosher, let's say, but there's a fifth segment that isn't signed. And if the woman presents it in the future at another bezdin, they'll look at this, they'll look at this get, and they'll say, wait a second, there are five segments and only four signatures. What happens if, what happened was, the original husband said, I want all of you guys to sign it, and there were five guys in the room. One guy didn't sign it, therefore the get wasn't really valid back then, and now she can't remarry. So therefore, and that's called the get kireach, like a bald get. It's referring to a bald means missing something, missing the signature on that segment. In other words, there, as the Mishnah will say in the next Mishnah, actually, if it has more segments than signatures, it's called a, a get kireach. So therefore, um, the rabbis are going to invalidate such a get out of concern that uh, maybe there were more signatures were supposed to sign. And if a person uses the, uses the get kireach, then that's invalid. And even though mid Arisa, once you have two signatories, it is kosher, out of the concern that maybe he told, you know, more people to sign than actually did sign, the rabbi said, you violated our rabbinic requirements, and therefore the get's not effective, and let the chips fall where they may, as you saw in the fifth mission, and so on of this parak. So the mission says inside, Kenasa baget kareach. A man marries a woman who's a divorcee, and her original divorce was affected with a get kareach, a get which was segmented, and it had more segments than it had signatures. So then, since we're not sure what's going to happen, we're not sure what the backstory is, the rabbis invalidated it so much they said, she has to leave both of them, meaning she can't stay married to her second husband because she's still like rabbinically married to the first, she can't go back to her first husband because she already slept with the second, and all the consequences we set forth back in Mishnah about the unwinding the financial benefits that the marriage confers to each party and the children being mamzerim all kick in again um, because this get simply is not, not a valid get. It has to be done again and uh, she can't say married to the second guy.